But now, like every other company, it's 365 days a year. And the NFL has evolved into understanding that we need to retain and engage our fans 365 days a year. So the easiest way to retain fans, obviously, is to win in our business. <laughs> Winning cures all. Yeah. But not everyone wins, you know? And so how NFL understood that, so they created kind of tentpole initiatives to wrap fandom around... Hey everyone, and thanks for listening to the one-to-one consumer marketing podcast. Today we welcome Gabriel Dow, VP Marketing and Fan Engagement and the iconic Green Bay Packers, a football team with 13 championships, four Super Bowls, and a century-long legacy. Whether you're into football, marketing, or both, this one is a touchdown. Let's kick off. Gabriel, thanks for chatting with me today. Oh, thank you for letting me join you. Before we get started, why don't you tell us a little bit more about your journey from the days of your your internship with the Portland Trailblazers to your current leadership role at the Green Bay Packers? Thanks, Max. I kind of tell every college student or grad student, regardless of your business interests, the opportunity to intern for, you know, anything that you're interested in, that's a path to your career and something that I always recommend. And so because I started as an intern and back then, obviously, internships were much more different. They weren't paid. Sometimes they weren't even, you know, you didn't even receive college credit. So the opportunity to go out there and intern now, um, all internships are now paid. But to do that during whether you're going to school, either in college or grad school or even in high school, is a great opportunity to get your foot into any door. So I had started my career as an intern for the Portland Trailblazers, I was going to law school and business school at Oregon. And I drove an hour and a half north. So my college was in Eugene and the internship obviously was in Portland. And I started working for the Portland Trailblazers attorney and just a, a clerk. And then I jumped over to the PR department as I discovered that, you know, I knew how to write and I was organized and helped them out on game days. And so um, that was kind of my put in the door uh, while I was getting my law degree and MBA at University of Oregon. So commuting back and forth during that season. And then from there, working in Los Angeles and opening uh, Staples Center, which I believe now is crypto.com, so in 99. And that internship, again, living with friends and, you know, working incredible hours, led me to the road to getting a full-time job at Staples Center, which is now managed by AEG and working at three different venues. At the time, it was the Kodak Theater, which is the home of the Oscars, and Staples Center, and then also the Forum. So I had those three buildings. From there, transferred to the Florida Panthers for a, a marketing position, a marketing manager of the team, and then a stint in North Carolina with the North Carolina Museum of Art, and then moved to the Baltimore Ravens, and now here, the Green Bay Packers, and this is my 10th season with the team. That sounds amazing. That's a, such an interesting background, right? So a legal and a business background. <laughs> and Salah then went for, for football, which is a true passion, <laughs> I assume. Very, very cool. I have for today, I think what really excites me is that sports is, you know, so many people love that. It's a passion. But on the other side, most marketing teams outside of sports have personas and ideal customer journeys. And if everything comes perfectly together, they turn a customer into a fan, right? So they have a high NPS score, 
and they hope that the customer is referring some more, right? And but you have millions of raving fans, and to me, it's interesting. What changes if you don't work with, I would say, quote unquote, normal customers, but primarily work with raving fans? So, how is it for you to do that marketing and that fan engagement? Well, it's in some ways are very similar to other organizations because we're trying to retain and engage 365 days a year. So in sports, it used to be just during the season that the team, you know, whatever season, uh, whether it's the NFL, NBA, Major League Soccer, whatever season, Major League Baseball, excuse me, whatever season that is, you know, oh, okay, that's from this, you know, I want to say August to, you know, January for the NFL. But now, like every other company, it's 365 days a year. And the NFL has evolved into understanding that we need to retain and engage our fans 365 days a year. So the easiest way to retain fans, obviously, is to win in our business. <laughs> Winning cures all. Yeah. But not everyone wins, you know? And so how NFL understood that, so they created kind of tentpole initiatives to wrap fandom around or to engage fans that are fans of, say, the draft or they're engaged in free agency or we have OTAs and training camp or, you know, now they have another initiative called Back to Football, which is the Saturday that opens camp, preseason, regular season, Super Bowl, and then right back the calendar starts again into, you know, off season and the combine. So, and those are all the high school players that are trying to make the NFL. So it has become a 365 days per year initiative. And so this giant doesn't sleep just like every other business and nor does the content that's around all of that and the engagement that's around all of that. That makes certainly sense. I mean, you have a little bit of a natural calendar, right? So there is right. every game, right? Then you have the different seasons and so on, right? So other businesses are looking then, I don't know, they have Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, and then I don't know, <laughs> Thanksgiving and so on. Right. It's a completely much more tighter schedule to accommodate, right? Right. I mean, if you look at any kind of retail business, Black Friday, it's a big deal, right? So, or the holidays, Christmas, and then you know that everything goes on sale after Christmas. And so, and then you look at those different, as you just said, where well, it's Memorial Weekend, or the July Labor Day weekend sales and different promotions and aspects that it engage and retain your fans. The NFL, you know, yes, we celebrate all of those, you know, personal kind of tentpole weekends and whatnot celebrations and even just different initiatives, whether it's Hispanic Heritage Month or Salute to Service or um, we just, just definitely try to touch on different community initiatives. And so just like businesses, you know, you're just, you're trying to continue to engage at every aspect. But for example, we don't celebrate Black Friday. Everyone with, and that we have, we, you know, the Packers, we have our own retail business. We're one of the last two teams that, that own that business internally as a team online in both brick and mortar and online, excuse me. And so, but Black Friday for us, it's not a big, you know, driver. What is, is, is game day and obviously game weekends. And obviously the playoffs, but unlike other businesses, Black Friday does not do much for our So for you, Black Friday are the playoffs. Right, exactly. That's a great, or if we're fortunate enough to, you know, make that big game in February, that's Black Friday, you know, all weekend, <laughs> all week. 
<laughs> do you, because you mentioned that, right? So the best fan engagement is to win. How do you adjust your strategy based on, you know, you only know if you won the game or not. You, you know that very much, you know, on the spot, right? But how do you change strategy if you won the game or you lose the game? Is there something you have then if this, that, that, or you don't adjust, you only adjust after a certain streak or how do you do that? That's a really great question. I think we obviously turn the page if we've lost, you know, you focus always on the positives and you try to focus on the benefits of our, or the future. So we definitely, if we do, if we lose a game, you know, we definitely turn the page right away. We move on to the following week. And then from there, we have plans and, you know, kind of an A plan, a B plan. So we definitely have the A plan if we win, the B plan if we don't. And that goes back to engaging our band a different way. So that content might not be about the loss. It's more about how to connect with the team in a different way or showcase something else about the team that pivots from that loss. So, you know, something that's coming up on sale or the content is about, you know, getting back to practice and, and doing something different. And again, we have press conference every single day. So coaches is at the podium or assistant coaches. So for us, the business is a little easier for us because that message can change and we can kind of focus that content day to day on different people who are speaking within, you know, from our organization, whether it's players or coaches or other different initiatives that are going around on around Lambeau Field. Understood, understood. You know, all these different measures you take based on win or loss, right? But what does success look like for you and, and how do you measure it? Well, I mean, that depends on the medium. So let's think about that so you have success from, you know, ticket sales and a sellout or success from impressions and content and, you know, that's being, that our fans are engaging with. So, and that changes per medium as well. So, or success spaces on our, you know, email and who's opening them and responding to them or clicking through an email to get to a sale or a promotion, whether it's in retail, whether it's headed to our Hall of Fame or whether it's it's, it's visiting Titletown. So we have so many different, I want to say, avenues of connections and engagement. It's just each one's different and success is different, not depending on which one we're talking about. Understood, understood. From these different mediums and avenues you have, what's currently for you the most successful one and which is not working for you? Oh, that's a great question. I think success for us, well, obviously, would be, you know, uh, Twitter, our digital content, digital media, our broadcast, you mean radio. Believe it or not, our fans still wish for radio. As mm -hmm. and follow our, yeah. our game day broadcast and our pregame and postgame shows. So those are great successes. I would say the one medium that, that we need to do better in is TikTok. And so that is something that, you know, we can't just repost what we're doing on other medium, you have to have organic and authentic content and it has to be on point and current and quick. And so how do you do that with, you know, limited access or initiatives and staff? So it, we're working through that. That's something that we definitely need to, to strengthen. And we know that. Very interesting. Very interesting. I assume that there's a lot of engagement around real-time messages you could send so right i mean right after the game you shooting out an email or something just to say that's the result and now we take action or celebrate together 
how fast are you? Is the entire team in when, when it's game day? Yes, absolutely it is. And so whether home or away, we are actively working on all of our social platforms and our website. So our writers, I mean, you know, at home, it's easier because you can head up to your office and, and get all that done. And we have a press box. When we're traveling away, our writers are literally pulling away on, a, on the team bus to get on the plane. And they are, are you know, Wes and Mike are, are pounding away on stories and content. Our video producers, our shooters are using the Jajero to edit, you know, and move content up and get it to back here home, to home. So they're downloading everything. They're pushing everything out. And then our social team, it's posting all along during the game. I mean, it's not, that's actually the busiest time because the content has to keep going at a pace that's fast and serious. Very, very interesting. So that seems like for you, content is king. Is that right? Absolutely. Yes, that nailed it. Content as the focus is content. So the the medium is important, but you basically have to, you know, stream and and be present on every channel and adjust the content for every channel in order to have active fan engagement. That's very cool. And each channel is different, and each channel speaks to a different demographic. My children, my kids, do not know nothing about Facebook. <laughs> they do not. They do not get on Facebook. Yeah. And I had to create a Snapchat account to talk to them. And my son will not know email. And, you know, and he is 14. He will not know. He does not know what an email is. He doesn't use email. My daughter barely uses email and she's 18. Yeah. And it's definitely. very interesting. And my son text is okay, but Snapchat, that's how we talk. That's that interesting. Uh, and how it has evolved. I mean, when I grew up, I mean, I, I shock. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, you know, I mean, we had, a, we didn't even have computers. We had a word processor. So it's just definitely technology has evolved. And how do we as marketers continue to engage our consumers on their level and the future, you know, to reach that younger generation? I 100% agree. That's, that's what we also see, right? So when we enable these companies, these large companies to use messaging, that's, Often they do that exactly for, to reach different demographics, right? Because email, you have still a radio, right? So email is a little bit like a radio will never be, never be dead. But of course, the demographics are on, on that are, we're using this very actively, privately. It's just very, very yeah. different than it was uh, 10 years ago. Yeah, 100% agree. That's exactly what we see as well. Maybe we shift a little bit to personalization because I think the personalizing the message, right, to a consumer is absolutely key. I mean, the medium is key, the content is key, but personalization is, is as well. I know that's a lot of big challenge for that. How do you do that? How do you apply personalization in your current technology stack, but also in your customer or fan journeys? Oh, well, it obviously depends on the medium you're talking to them. So I can, I can definitely personalize an email. And we can personalize, we have a program, a loyalty program called Packers Perks. And in there, we definitely are creating actually personal journey. So we want to know what your journey is and how you engage when you come to Lambeau Field and whether you shop in a pro shop, whether you order a hot dog at the concession stand or even swing by one of our partners. So we're working through that, that process right now 
and emails offering, you know, another way we, we personalize and connect with our fans. But I'm actually more interested in how businesses are connecting fans through, say, TikTok or even YouTube and, and real. How are other businesses personalizing? Because I don't know if that can have any type of personalizations. You know, it, it's more just this quick bite-sized piece of content that you're commenting on or you're watching or you're interested in because that is something, you know, oh, I just saw so-and-so influencer do A, B, and C. I want to do that. You know, I don't know how personal that is, except that you're, you're interested in just following what someone else is doing. That's a good question. I have a feeling that the algorithms there are doing a big part of the personalization. So yeah, I don't yeah. know, TikTok feed is very personalized to your behaviors, but in you outsourcing the, the personalization to other platforms, right. which has pros and cons, right? Depending on what you right. want to be. But are there other technologies you uh, excited about as well, aside from you know unlocking the the channel TikTok? Uh, we're again, going back to that kind of, well, we call it Tacker's ID, but that driveway to driveway fan journey for us is something that we're embarking on. And, and how do you, when you leave your home and you've opened our app and you're connecting with us and you're coming to a game, what does that journey mean to you? Mm -hmm. And how are you connecting? And for us to, to be able to feed you information. So if you happen to drive by a local partner of ours, which quick trip to the gas station, You know, and we're going to ping you on the offers there because A, you're a partner of ours, next fan of ours, but B, it's our partnership. And C, you're heading in the direction that we know that you're, you're going, we're heading to a gate near that has that retail space. Then what does that mean? And then when you get in the building, what is your journey like? And then, and how are we rewarding you for being a part of our, of our family and doing certain things within our space? So right now, our rewards program, if you open it and connect with us, you actually get reward for reading articles or watching a video or, um, and that's all through our website. And then if you look at our social platform through our site, it's all connected so we can follow along and see what you're doing, but you're also getting rewarded for engaging with us on a daily basis. That's remarkable. That's very, very cool. And I mean, this idea that so many offline data, online data, bringing this all together sounds like a huge lift you're doing there. Yes, we have some really, really great people here. My colleagues are much smarter than I am. And two uh, great humans, uh, Garrison coming, Bob are heading this up. And I always joke, I'm like, Garrison, you got, you got to dumb this down for me a little bit because you're, just, you're getting too, it's being too technical. How does this work again? You know, and so, you know, you just empower really, really, uh, really intelligent people to, to help us get there. And, and uh, so all the kudos go to them. Yeah, shout out to the team and everything. Yeah, everything yeah. for the fans, right? <laughs> yeah. When you think about, you know, your career, and I mean, you have now almost three decades in the industry. And But what are your top three pieces of advice you have for other marketers, which you know, might be inside football or outside football when there's, which you wish to know at the start of your career? Well, probably going back to internships, I, I wish I, I kind of knew my path earlier on. I did, you know, I kind of started my career in grad school and didn't re stumble upon what I wanted to do until grad school. And just by default, it wasn't um, because I love sports. That's not why I got into this business. 
And I always tell young people who interview for us, you know, everyone loves sports. Please do not tell me you love sports. What I need you to love is the, the, I need you to love the business of sports. If you love the business of sports, that's completely different. You understand behind the scenes what that business is, then I'm interested in hiring you. And so, because everyone's a fan and everyone loves sports. I don't, I, you know, and so, um, so I always encourage people, if you truly love the business or any business that you're interested in, then talk about the business behind it versus the love of it in front of it. I guess the other thing that I would say about advice is, you know, I mean, as I get older, I, I try to listen more and learn more and, you know, and realize, I wish I listened more when I was younger too, because there's so many just different people in the business and just and you and I were talking about a, a book that um, I had not read from Bill Walsh. Just listening more. Now you can with podcasts and now you can with Audible. You know, you know, we all work these incredible hours, but listening, you know, to any type of educational program or book or anything to help your career, um, I would highly recommend. And then lastly, you work every single day. Make sure you love what you do. I mean, just love what you do because because, you know, we all work more than we, we you know, enjoy family and, and friends versus work, you know, at, at this job 24-7 nowadays. Um, yeah, I would recommend everyone love what they do. Fully agree with that. That's very good advice. I mean, especially like the, you need to like the business behind that because that's probably true for outside of sports also, I don't know, for luxury, right? So people adore yeah. certain brands and they want to work there. But if you don't like the business of that, that's probably not going to make you happy and or successful, right? So really, really like that. Very, very cool. Coming from- Well, you'll be more successful. You'll be more successful if you understand and love the business. Yes. You know, we know people who are, are lifers, but when you really love the business, you're going to grow in that career and be willing to move too and be willing to change cities or go after that that next level of experience you want. A hundred percent agree. I think especially for I mean, we got also during COVID so used to the remote world, right? And sure, and sure. for a lot of retention marketers, it's completely fine. They can do their job from the desk, but it's probably faster and easier to grow in an organization when you were there, especially when you're young. And that's a mindset. I mean, I think that's just generational too as well. Yeah. Coming from the Elbert, the past to the future. So five years from now, what do you think will the, the future of consumer marketing look like, especially in the world of sports? I'd think back to what you had mentioned earlier, algorithm and understanding, you know, influencers and how those influencers affect your fans' algorithms and, and what they follow. I think that is going to be a game changer down the road. I think you're going to see communication via apps and social platforms. I think fax, emails, those type of typical traditional communication will probably be gone. And then access into stadiums is going to be faster. I always think of like TSA. <laughs> you know, at some point, we're going to walk in and they're going to, they're going to either, you know, kind of, and your phone even faster or read your phone, kind of like the Amazon Go doors where, you know, it knows who you are right away just by your device and in and out you go. And so whether you're in line for concessions, whether you're trying to get in 
Um, I think all of that will change in how you how you enter an accident. That's a very, very good outlook. Gabriella, thank you so much. That's all we're going to have time for to cover today. But if people want to follow your journey, where should they go? I laughed because we talked about this earlier. Yeah, don't follow my journey, follow the team. <laughs> but um but I, you know, I would say just on LinkedIn, it's fine. But, okay. um, but please visit Packer, Packers.com and any Packers social platforms that I, I totally promote. <laughs> we will we will link all of that and we will link the school mm-hmm. takes care of itself from Bill Walsh, which is really a fantastic business book. And knowing that your father was playing on a Bill Walsh, right, makes it absolutely worth to link it. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, my dad played the Dick for Meal at Tennessee State and Bill Walsh would be, um, it's just one of these different coaches. So he had a, um, a long friendship with both gentlemen. And, uh, and so, and obviously I grew up in the Bay area. So I would, I used to follow the 49ers and the uh, Oakland Raiders when I was a kid too. So, but it's not the reason I got into sport by any <laughs> means. Bumble, stumbled upon that career and just love the business of selling tickets. Thank you so much. And let's keep in touch. Take care. 